0: If you've been thinking about starting an online business, then you probably are wondering, is my idea actually going to work? Is it going to be profitable? Will people actually buy the thing that I'm selling? So in this video, I'm gonna walk you through a three-part profitability framework. You can run your idea through to determine, is this the right business move for you? And here's a little sneak peek. It has nothing to do with following your passion. Let's dive in. So today we're going to talk about how to find your profitable business idea. A lot of you probably already think like I know what I want to do a business on. I already have a pretty good idea. But for those of you, most people who reach out to me, they're like, I don't know what I would start a business on. Anyway, I want an online business, I like the idea of creating content and participating in the online ecosystem, the knowledge economy as I like to call it, but you're just not really sure what it is you should be talking about or what you could sell a product around when it comes to your knowledge. The first thing we have to unpack is this idea of following your passion. I don't know if y'all have heard this advice before, but people will say things like, if you just follow your passions, then either the perfect idea will come to you or you might have heard the old adage something along the lines of if you follow your passions you'll never work a day in your life. I think passion is an element of a profitable business, it shouldn't be the key driver in the type of business and the type of thing that you launch for yourself. There's a guy named Mike Rowe, you've probably heard of him, he's very famous, but he was the host of that show, Dirty Jobs. And he did a commencement speech and he talked about how people shouldn't follow their passion. If you are always following your passions, the things you know you really love or that you're really good at, then it kind of leaves a lot undiscovered Because the problem with always following your passion is that depending on where you grew up and who you are and the resources that have been available to you in your life, there might be things that you're very passionate about that you don't even know exist, and vice versa, even if you are passionate about something, it doesn't mean that you'll actually be any good at that thing. You might be really passionate about singing. I grew up singing, but I was not a world-class singer. And if I would have pursued that as like, this is my passion, I don't know that I would have ever been successful turning that into a career or a business because I wasn't actually exceptional at it. I was okay, but I wasn't amazing. Mike Rowe says, and I love this, and it's so indicative of this idea around passion is that you should never follow your passion, but always take it with you. So that's my commentary about passion. Yes, passions are lovely, but they aren't always the silver bullet in finding a profitable business idea. All right, so how are we actually going to find a profitable business idea? This is a three-part system, and I teach this inside my business course as well, but we're gonna just give you the bird's-eye view of what this three-part system actually looks like when you let it play out. The first step in this process is what do you know? What are you good at? What do you really like to do? What do people tell you that you're great at? Now, this might include some of your passions, but it also is your skills, your knowledge, your experience, the things you've amassed over the course of your academic life, your career life, in your personal life, in your professional life, all the realms of who you are. We wanna look at every landscape that you operate in and really tease out what are the things that you actually like and that you're good at that other people tell you that you're good at. So with this stage of the process, there are four key questions you should ask yourself to figure out exactly what these things might be. The first is what comes easy to me these are things that might not seem very sexy um, to you right now you might be like oh it's really easy for me to make sourdough bread or it's super easy for me to do public speaking or I'm a natural at using a handsaw I don't know what it is but these are things that you're just like I get it I know how to do it I spent a ton of time energy learning the skill and it just really comes easy to me now the next question to ask yourself is what do people tell me that I'm really good at So along these lines, it might be something that layers in of what's really easy to you. So you might have people come to you and ask you questions. Hey, can you help me out with this thing? I could really love your expertise and your knowledge. So maybe you're really good at project management and systems and people come to you and say, hey, what's your best and favorite project management tool? And you could just talk for hours and walk them through how to set it up and what to do and how to maximize it. And that's just like super easy for you. And people ask you about it. Or maybe people come to you and say, wow you're really fit through your yoga practice. Um, how should I get started with yoga? And they come to you, ask you for advice about that. So think about the things. And again, it might not align with what you do professionally. Um, and it might not align with anything that you are doing as a side hustle or anything else, but just make sure that you write down all of the things that people ask you about. The next question, ask yourself, is how have I helped people in the past? Do you have anecdotes or stories of people that you helped? Maybe you helped them set up that project management system, or maybe you gave somebody some really great career advice, or perhaps helped them build and install a new entertainment center in their house or something. So, what kind of results have you helped people get? Again, these don't have to be in your professional context, but they could be. They could also just be in your personal life. The last question to ask yourself is, if I had a completely free Saturday afternoon All of my responsibilities were taken care of and I could sit and read and and research about anything. What would you spend an afternoon reading a nonfiction book about? What would you be Googling and and looking up on YouTube and watching videos about? What is a subject matter that just gets you lit up and you just want to dive deeper into it? And that's what you would do in your free time. It's not something you're being paid for yet, but it's something that you want to learn more and more about. So here's an example of how I walked myself through these questions and some things that came up as themes for me. So the first one is what comes easy for me? I wanted to think about, obviously, the things I really enjoy. So, But things that really come easy to me are tech, getting started, like just building out a website, building out the whole ecosystem to get something launched. I can get that stuff done really fast. I am not intimidated by technology. I will sit and tinker with a new software tool for hours and not even realize that uh, all this time has passed. I really do enjoy it and it is something that comes super easy to me. I just understand the ecosystem and just looking at it on a whiteboard, it just all clicks and makes sense for me. Among other things, public speaking came up, giving talks, those types of things, which I've done in the past. Other things that come easy to me are coaching and teasing out themes in in people's stories and their challenges and helping them come up with an approach and a map forward and what to do next I can sort of take an idea or a concept and tease it down into a framework to sort of explain it and teach it back to people in a more digestible way. I like frameworks and I like seeing things in a system and so for me to demonstrate other things to other people I also like to then create a system or a framework around it. Things that people have told me that I am good at, I have at, people have told me that they enjoy my speaking style, they enjoy listening to my podcast, they enjoy how I explain things, they enjoy my coaching. How I break things down is a skill as well. So you see how these are kind of layering on top of each other. And then in terms of helping people get a result or, you know, things that I would spend tons of time on a Saturday afternoon doing, and it kind of comes back to that tech, thing and that systems and that getting started. I would spend an entire afternoon building websites for people or building uh, funnels for people because I think it's so freaking fun to get in there and tinker. I also love making content like this and producing podcasts and YouTube videos. I love to get in there and get started and like helping people things that that are going to help them take the next move in their business or their career. These are things that kind of came up as I was asking myself these questions. And in terms of Saturday afternoons, I would spend all weekend, all week, like researching and diving deep on online business and sales funnel and optimizations and online statistics and how people make buying decisions and what kind of content resonates people, what gets people to click and take action on in the online ecosystem. So these are just things that I have noted down in my little trusty notebook. And these are things that you should do for yourself. Once you have this list in place, now we're gonna start doing a little bit of customer research. So when you pulled up this list of things, you'll probably sense some themes within this list of, of ideas that you have now. So you might see like wow I'm really good at this. I really enjoy doing this thing and people tell me I'm good at it. Or you 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 might say, people tell I'm really good at this and I've been able to get people some really great results or I've been able to get myself really great results. Or perhaps you're like, you know what, the last few months I've been spending every free moment researching X, Y, and Z. Maybe there's something there. Whatever those are, I want you to circle your top three that kind of hit the knowledge, skill, the experience, and the enjoyment categories for you. And I want you to just circle those on your list. And we're going to launch into the second part of this profitability framework. So now that we know what we like, what we're good at, this is sort of covering the passion piece. Now we have to go from looking at what we like and what we want and what we're good at to now looking at the actual market, our potential customers. And we have to make sure that whatever we're going to do aligns with an actual demographic, a market, a customer base that wants what you have to offer. Because here's the deal, you can be putting stuff out there all day, all night, but if people don't want what you have to offer, you are just going to have a really expensive hobby and you're not going to have a business or let alone a profitable one. So we got to make sure that whatever we want to do an aligned customer base out there that wants what you want. So in this stage, we actually have to do a little legwork. And this is the part that everybody wants to skip. And I want to skip it too because I'm, I'm an introvert. I just want to stay in my own head and do my own thing. But this part is really important. And so I'm actually going to be putting out a survey. And so if you're on my email list, you will be getting the survey. And I would love it if you would fill it out and give me some feedback. But what you're going to do is you are going to either do a survey or you're just going to casually ask people. You can go on social media. You can email you know, your 20 closest acquaintances and friends. Friends, whatever it is, you can do it in a lot of different mediums, but I want you to ask two different questions. The first is what is your biggest frustration when it comes to blank? And the blank is whatever that topic was that you came up with. It could be, what is your biggest frustration when it comes to project management or getting things done or organizing your business or your career or organization in general, right? So if you really thought like, I really love he- helping people establish systems, get from A to Z through project management, things like that, and you want to become the master of a project management tool and teach everybody about it, you then wouldn't want to know what is their biggest frustration when it comes to project management, when it... Fr- comes to getting organized when it comes to getting things done and so that's the first question we're you're going to want to ask because people love to vent and they love to tell you their biggest hang-ups and their biggest pet peeves all of that is in that frustration column and so if you can get people talking about what really frustrates them or what their biggest pain points are right now that's going to give you a lot of really amazing insight into your customers and if the solution that you're going to offer actually solves a problem that they have the second question you're going to ask in this phase is more on the positive side. So the other side was sort of for the negative Nancy's of like, they just wanna talk about their frustrations. You then also wanna ask a question around their hopes, their dreams. And so it might be something like, you'll say, what is your biggest hope or dream when it comes to X, Y, Z? So in the project management example, you might say, what's your biggest hope for a project management solution? Or what would it look like if all of your project management um, frustrations were solved? What would that world look like for you? What is it that you want to accomplish through better project management? All of those are different ways of asking a very similar question, but you want to know what's the outcome? What's the dream? What's the big pie in the sky result that they're hoping to get by having better systems, more organization, and getting things done quicker, easier, more efficient, etc. Those are the two big questions as it relates to a topic that you have a lot of knowledge, skills, and passions for. So for me, I'm going to be again putting out that survey and I'm going to be asking the questions among a few other things and I'm going to be teasing out new idea that I have and seeing if it's actually a solution that people will want from me and I'm not going to make any big grand websites or logos or all these big shifts in my life and my work until I have confirmed that I there is an existing, an existing market for the thing that I'm thinking of launching. The next part of this customer research phase here is that it's really important for you to talk to real people. I know, I know. You want to start an online business and you're like, I just want to start my online business and operate in my little world because that's how I am. That might be you too. But you are going to need to talk to an actual human and get some more nuance and context for those frustrations for those hopes for those dreams so you can understand at a more salient level what it is they truly want to achieve what they truly want to be able to do in their work and their life for me at Insight study abroad is an example from one of my businesses is I helped people launch careers and study abroad. When I started talking with people and got to the real root, the real hope, the real dream that people had for themselves is that they truly did want to make the world a better place. They wanted to give every young person an opportunity to meet new people, explore new cultures, see the world from a broader perspective than the one they grew up with. As cheesy as that might sound, that was a true core value and belief of the people that I spoke with. The other thing on a more personal level, a lot of them are like, I love to travel. I love exploring new cultures myself. And so really leaning into the excitement and the cool factor of the work that we get to do, of that we get to engage with new cultures, that we get to travel sometimes and see the world. Whereas, you know, a mattress salesman probably isn't getting to do that, but we do in our field. It really does take talking to real human beings in that target audience to understand these deeper seated values and desires and dreams as well as deeper seated frustrations and things like that. I really encourage you to get on Zoom, chat with two three four five people and just say hey I just want to pick your brain and learn about your frustrations learn more about those fears and those dreams and those hopes that you have and I'm sure that there's somebody in your world who would be happy to sit down with you and do that step two is a lot of research and there's no getting around it but after you have talked to some people now you want to take it beyond just the people in your e- ecosystem you want to go to the broader market the broader fan of people who could potentially be your customers and you don't have to have a huge audience and able to do this. You need to go where the audience already exists and there are three main places that you can go to get some ideas and get some feedback on is this a good idea. The three places you want to focus on are Google, Amazon, and YouTube. The broader idea here is that you just need to use the tools because they've been collecting a ton of data from their users over the course of 20 plus years by now. The first thing you want to do is go to Google and I just want you to use the Google suggest feature. So if you've you've seen this before, for, but you how to launch a YouTube channel or whatever it is that you're interested in doing it before you hit enter, it'll auto populate a list of ideas. So it might say how to start a blog or how to start a YouTube channel for beginners or how to start a YouTube channel from scratch. There might be a lot of suggestions that come up through those auto suggestions. And I want you to note all of them down because this is going to give you an idea of what are people searching for? And is this subject matter actually interesting to people on the internet? The next place you're going to go is you're going to go to youtube and you're going to do the same exact thing i don't know if you know this but they're built on the same search engine framework because Google is the largest search engine in the world and it owns YouTube, which is the second largest search engine in the world. And so when you go to YouTube, it's going to do the same thing. It's going to give you that auto suggest feature as well. And from there, you'll be able to see what other suggestions and other videos come up. The next thing you're going to do is you're going to go to Amazon. And Amazon is great because there's likely a book or 20 on every single subject in the world. Now, if you go to Amazon and you put in your key term or your key idea and there are no books about it, that might be a red flag, right? Same thing with the Google Suggest. If there are no research results or if there aren't exact results related to your larger, broader topic, then that would be a red flag that maybe, maybe there isn't quite the market for what it is that you're trying to build. This is something I had wished I had done for Inside Study Abroad. I didn't start it as a business, so I didn't go through this mechanism to see if it would be viable. So I, I just didn't have the opportunity to do this. But looking back, if I had known about these features, I would have done a little searching to see, like is this something i should approach as a business or should i just keep it as a little a little blog. It's something you need to keep in mind, you want to cast a wide net without casting too wide of a net, which we'll talk about in our third step here. When you're going to Amazon for instance, when you search in project management for instance as a book subject. What i want you to do is find the top 5 books on that subject and then i want you to go to the reviews, i want you to ignore the one star reviews and the five star reviews because those are the super fans and the haters and both of those kind of cancel each other out we want the middle of the road people that gave it a three four two star review they're likely going to be giving some great feedback of what they loved about the book and also what the book might have been missing or some gaps that are still not being addressed in that in those particular book like i said this is a lot of research and this is the heavy lift of starting an online business but i promise you you want to do this before you start paying to have a logo design or building on a fancy website or starting to prospect all these clients and customers so you've got your customer research down you've done all of these different tools now we want to go into step three and this is the talent stack section this is the part where if you feel There's a lot of people talking about project management, or there's a lot of people talking about how to build furniture, or there's a lot of people talking about how to build an online business, which is an industry that I have been in. And you might be thinking, so it's probably all been done, it's all been said, and all the things. And what you can learn about online business is out there. It is being said by a lot of people. In my case, what I can tell myself is that there might be a lot of people talking about it, but not me and not people with my specific experience, not people with my experience of running a seven-figure business in a very specific industry or starting my own businesses in the yoga industry, in the travel industry, in the study abroad industry, in the physical product business, in the digital product business, in the online learning business. I have have a ton of experience launching businesses and brands in lots of different ecosystems with lots of different product types. But I can come at online business education from a very specific angle and point of view. I also have my own personality that I can hopefully bring to these episodes where I crack my silly jokes or I start talking really fast because I get so excited or all the things that make me unique that bring my unique special sauce to to this equation. It is not overdone. It is not oversaturated. There is still room for you to talk about your topic even if you feel like wow there's a ton of people talking about it. So this concept of the talent stack actually comes from Scott Adams. He's the creator of the Dilbert comics and he talked about how he wasn't the best artist, he wasn't the best business expert, and he wasn't the funniest person. But if you bring all of those skills together and all those talents together, he became a pretty good and pretty funny cartoonist talking about the world of work. So if you're really nervous about, oh, the it's too saturated, it's too congested in the in this industry that I want to go into in the subject matter, then just stack on things together to basically kind of create your own little cottage niche you could argue with my business inside study abroad that's what i did i don't know that i'm the best career coach in the world and i don't know that i'm the most knowledgeable expert person on international education but i know a lot about both of those so i combined those two together to offer a new business inside study abroad how to land your dream job in international education and that became my little cottage niche and in industry that was very successful you can do something similar you can think about specific talents and skills that you had that you did in the first part of this this video and bring those all together to kind of come up with this new secret sauce that makes you you it might just be the subject matter but your personality a brand I really love that I just think is interesting I don't follow it but I know it exists because I know it speaks to a very specific audience so it could, it's nerd fitness they make lots of references like Star Wars and Star Trek and sci-fi and that whole ecosystem and they kind of make f- poke fun at like sort of the nerd stereotype of being kind of skinny and scrawny and, and smart but not muscular and fit and fast so they kind of merge these two worlds together and it attracts their perfect audience so think about different ways that you can layer in elements of your personality elements of experiences that you have obviously just skills and talents that you have and you can bring all of these things together create a new brand within that industry that has a very specific target audience. So before I let you go, I want to break down a few final thoughts about this process. The first is that finding a profitable business idea takes time. I am not here to teach you how to get rich in 30 days or how to launch a million dollar business in six months. I believe in slow, consistent growth over time. I think that you can get there faster if you take my advice and you don't go through all the hiccups and hangups that I went through in uh, building my businesses where I didn't know what the heck I was doing. But it does take time. And anybody who tries to tell you that they can make you rich overnight or over a very unreasonable short period of time, run. Run away from those people because they – are just trying to sell you something. They're not trying to sell you reality. I am here for the long haul. I wanna teach you how it's really gonna work, how many years and how many months it's actually gonna take for you to grow a business that actually replaces your nine to five or becomes this really amazing profitable side hustle. Figuring out what this idea is going to be is going to take time and it might require some adjustments and some pivots over time. I've done that many times and it will likely happen for you too. Make sure you go deep with a few people one-on-one. I know I already talked about this a little bit, but don't skip this step. This is the step that everybody wants to skip. Do not skip this. Call up a few people and say, hey, you asked me for advice a while back about X, Y, or Z. Can I pick your brain and ask you what your biggest hangups and frustrations and dreams and hopes and fears and all the things are about that? I'm really trying to get an idea of how I might be able to help more people like you. Once you start doing your business and start putting content and information out there on the internet, The internet's gonna give you feedback and you're gonna have big hits and you're gonna have big misses and you need to notice those trends. What's a YouTube video that you put out that people really resonated with? What's a podcast that got a ton more downloads than something else? What's a LinkedIn post that got way more engagement and commentary than other posts that you put out? Whatever those things are, take note of those trends and then lean into them. Do another piece of content. Do another post about a similar related subject matter and see how that plays and see what other feedback that you get. Follow up with the people who engage with it and say, heck yeah, I totally understand or ask you questions, follow up with those people. Really lean into the trends and the, and the content that's working. The next thing is that remember, you do not have to be original. You're not trying to come up with the most unique, innovative idea. If you wanna start a tech startup and become the next unicorn, go for it. But that's not the business model I'm teaching you. We're talking about the knowledge economy, knowledge commerce, online business, online learning, online education, whatever you want to call it. And in this ecosystem, you do not have to be new. You just have to get people results. You have to add value. So instead of really focusing on like, oh, there's a billion YouTube videos all about how to find a profitable business idea, so I shouldn't do it. No, I should still do it because I have my own unique perspective and I know I can help people get results and I can help add value to this conversation so you can do the same thing whatever your subject matter is you need to lean into it and don't worry about being original just focus on being valuable and the last thing I'll say about this is that if a lot of people are doing it and you're like it's so saturated you need to take that and run with it because that means that you have hit on something that actually could be a very profitable business for you if a lot of people are already successful with it again that does not mean you shouldn't do it that's actually likely a big sign saying hey that you should look into this a little bit more so take that as a note of encouragement that you could do something that is very profitable and very successful because other people have gone before you and already done it. I have a really wonderful anecdote about this. So when I was working, I ran a company called goabroad.com. And while I was working there, and and they kind of owned that space as sort of a search engine for study abroad, if you will. While I was there, another little upstarted that was called Go Overseas. Sounds similar, doesn't it? And they were starting their own search engine for study abroad and meaningful travel experiences. They could have said, the Go Overseas team could have said, well, it already exists. I shouldn't even try. But they were like, no, the market is big enough. And if they're successful, we can be successful. And they also had to figure out their unique value proposition and how they were going to differentiate themselves from us. And they were able to do that in different ways, but they could have sort of looked at the market and said, oh, there's already somebody doing it and doing it well and, and killing it, so we shouldn't do it. But they did it anyway, and now it's a really successful company as well. And so there is room for all of us in the online ecosystem, in knowledge commerce, in the knowledge economy. That's a little pep talk to give you that encouragement to keep moving forward with that idea, even if you think it's oversaturated even if you think it's already been done remember you haven't done it and so there is something new to be added here So as I teased before, I'm gonna be emailing out a survey. If you wanna get access to that survey, go to brookroberts.co and sign up there and you'll be able to get on the email list for free. And I will also send you my 30-day online income roadmap, which is my step-by-step four-week system to show you how you can actually start building a brand, building an online business, and actually start making some money in the next 30 days. You will not get rich. It's not a get-rich-quick scheme. You might have a couple hundred dollars extra in your pocket, but it will get That momentum going for you to start establishing yourself online and your brand and your knowledge base and start actually making an income so go download that just go to brookroberts.co slash roadmap and you'll be able to get on that list thank you so much for watching and until next time remember that every day you postpone a dream you weaken it a little so get out there and make some magic happen cheers